on today's Run to the Top podcast. There's nothing out there that's holding you back but your thought process. I had to stop thinking like I was 489 pounds and I had to start thinking like I was one of the Kenyan runners. I do not imagine seeing the person that's struggling alongside of me. I imagine being the front of the pack. Welcome to the Run to the Top podcast from Runners Connect, where it's all about learning from the best and most inspiring minds in the sport. Together, we can train a smarter, healthier, and faster running community. Now here's your host, Stephanie K. Atwood. Welcome. This is Stephanie K. Atwood, Boston Marathon qualifier, coach, and host for the Run to the Top podcast. How does a 489-pound man change his life enough to be able to run the New York City Marathon as well as compete in multiple Ironman triathlons? What was the impetus and how did this man go from fat to fit? From couch potato to a living example of how extreme changes are possible, Marcus Cook will talk to us about his own journey of weight loss and athletic discovery and how he was supported by so many along the way. In New York, Sunday, November 3rd, 2019, carrying a large placard of Fat Marcus, Fit Marcus will run 26.2 miles in the biggest marathon in the world. He wants to share the message that anything is possible and each of us is capable of overcoming seemingly insurmountable challenges. We'll talk to Marcus in just a moment after a brief message from one of our Run to the Top sponsors. Do you need a crash course to help you train smarter, nail your nutrition, and improve your strength? Or maybe you need to get out of the cold and snow for a few days this winter. Or run on some of the most scenic trails in the world this summer? Then tune in later in the episode as I tell you a little more about our amazing four- and five-day running retreats. If you want to learn more now, you can visit runnersconnect.net slash retreats. We are back with the now fit and training hard for the New York City Marathon, Mr. Marcus Cook. Welcome to Run to the Top, Marcus. Hey, hey, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on your podcast. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to have you with us. And you have quite the story. Uh, we are going to start off with some of the basics that I always ask at the beginning of the podcast, and then we'll get more into the interesting part of your story. Um, four questions. I'll ask them all in a row, and then you get to answer them. How long have you been running? Where were you born? Where are you currently living? And what is your favorite current race distance? Yeah, so uh, I have been running since, uh, you know, it's probably 2015 is when I had my life change. And then I started walking 20 minutes a day there right after that. And then probably four or five months into that. So probably 2000, into 2015, I want to say, started, okay. you know, running. And uh, we, I live in Houston, Texas. And, uh, what was the third question? <laughs> where were you? Where were you born? Yeah, born and born and raised down here in Texas, right, right here in uh, born and raised in Houston, Texas, and that that surrounding area pretty much my whole life. Wow. And Marcus, what is your favorite current race distance? My, uh, you know, I love getting a full day out of it, so I love you know triathlon, but. Um, you know, my favorite run distance is probably going to be the half marathon just because, you know, if you run a good half, that's a fun 
you know, crowd half. It's just really loaded with people and loaded with spectators. And the more spectators that I can run in front of uh, here lately uh, with with my cutout, I just feel like it's uh, I can inspire more people. So I like that. I like that half distance just because you can do, you know, you can do so many of them. Yeah. And I don't, I don't even have a count on how many halves I've done just because right? I do that. Yeah, I, I do that many of them. Wow. Wow. Well, half marathons are really popular with the with the listeners of this podcast. It seems to be with the interviewees anyway. I've uh, interviewed hundreds of people and the uh, half marathon definitely <laughs> is at the forefront of their favorite. Yeah, I, I love that distance just because of, you know, you're not you're not wiped out at the end of it. it. Seems like every time I do a full marathon or a full, you know, full Ironman, I'm just, you know, I'm I'm done for for three or four days, you know. Yeah, well, it's a time commitment, too. I mean, a half marathon can easily fit into most people's lifestyles and not, you know, not be stressful. I, I'm sure that both with your triathlons and, and with this marathon, now that you're training for, the time that goes into it is pretty darn significant, and a lot of other things kind of have to fall by the wayside. So let's begin with your pre-athletic life. You are now an Ironman and marathon competitor. You have seen so many successes and have many talents, including your musical talent. But pre-athleticism, you also ended up weighing almost 500 pounds. So give us kind of a background on um, on your life before you got into this athletic stuff. Yeah, you know, so I grew up in, in, uh, in East Texas my whole life. My dad was a preacher. And so, uh, with that being said, I, I found myself, you know, born in a musical family, you know, my, all my parents could sing and play. And so I just kind of, you know, I, you know, I remember riding a bike as a kid and doing some daredevil stuff, but you know, nothing as far as any team sports or anything like that, no swimming, no, nothing along those lines. Uh, mainly just growing up in the, the backwoods of, uh, you know, of East Texas, you know, so, um, found myself really, um, you know, just kind of focusing in stuff on the indoors and not the outdoors mm-hmm. and, uh, just kind of just kept on getting bigger and bigger, got, got through high school and, uh, was pretty big at high school and, uh, still just gravitating to, you know, fine art stuff. Uh, went to a, a college Bob, uh, that had a summer camp of Bible college and, um, basically, was playing, playing in the band there, band leader, that kind of thing, singing a lot, nothing athletic at all. And, uh, just, just kept on getting bigger and bigger. And then, um, met my wife at a church event and then, uh, you know, uh, fell in love with her and, uh, was like, Hey, I gotta, gotta go to work. So, you know, here I am a high school graduate who went to a little bit of Bible college, <laughs> uh, was, uh, trying to, you know, just trying to make ends meet and just things just got away from me. You know, I just, just started working the job and coming home and being lazy and uh, not eating right, the whole nine yards. And, uh, you know, look up and uh, started a company. Um, so, so you know, if I was sitting in front of the, your audience as a, on a podcast about how to be an entrepreneur, everyone would just be mouths open, like this guy has lived the American dream. But yet when you saw me, you would be sitting going, man, this guy has lived the American dream, but he's probably going to die of a heart attack. <laughs> and uh, because, because, you know, he started a company with $5,000 and grew it, and started another company and grew it to $18 million and then 
that company got bought by a private equity firm. So whenever that, whenever our, my company got bought and we rolled it up into a big private equity firm, the one of the guys that brought me in on the deal, he was retiring and he had, you know, he, this is what he had waited his whole life to do. Brilliant man, uh, just came from nothing to really, we, we really related in a lot of levels. Um, and uh, he, he said, man, he said, I know you know, I've been going to the doctor a lot. I got some bad news. And, and, you know, they found out that I've got terminal cancer and really there's no hope. We're going to, we're going to try everything we can. It's not looking good. And I would give anything to be you because, you know, I could beat being fat and you got to promise me that, that you're going to try to beat it because you need to be here for your daughters. You need to be here for your family above all, but you know, you got this, we got this company and the employees need you to be healthy and you got to, you know, you, you got to right. keep what you do. And so, you know, one of the hardest things that, you know, he said to someone that, you know, he didn't have to say it to. And, uh, uh. and I made him the promise. I said, yeah, I'll try. And so he actually got to see me lose about a hundred pounds before he passed away. And, uh, the last thing he told me was, was you know, slow it down. It's got to last. Cause I was telling him I was going to run something stupid. You know, I was, I'm training for a, whatever I was training for at the time. And, uh, he just, I remember his last text to me was, uh, slow it down and I want it to last, you know? And, uh, so, you know, during that time he had hooked me into another guy that was his, another, you know, close friend of his and said, Hey, I'm going to, you know, Will's going to, you know, this guy named Will's going to take my spot for you because, you know, I, I needed business advice and, you know, this, all these guys were just, you know, just, pillars of business, you know, they, yeah. they knew everything about it. And so he's like, and, and, and he needs someone to help him in the pipeline world. And so, you know, you help him, he's going to help you and y'all are going to get along. Well, this guy was an Ivy, you know, Ivy league school guy on the national rowing team. Uh, had, you know, he had, you know, the, the, uh, the Boston crowd, you know, and Northerner and here I am from Texas trying to talk to a Northerner. He had lived in Te- Houston for a while. It's kind of like the first time we met, I'm like, oh, Chuck, you, you called this one wrong. You know, this is how am I going to get along with a Northerner, you know? Come on. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, so all of a sudden he starts talking to me and, you know, he turns out to be a pretty cool guy and just started. He said, man, you got a battle, you know, that you're in the middle of and you got, you know, it ain't, it ain't going to be a month battle. It ain't going to be three months. It ain't going to be a year. It's going to be the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. So you you got to be training for something. And this guy doesn't let Bill 100 on the, not, not the run, but the bike, you know, so uh-huh. he's, uh-huh. you know, yeah. Yeah. And, um, so all of a sudden he's sitting there and he's like, you got to get a goal. I'm like, well, you know, do I try to run a 5k? And he's like, no, dude, I'm talking about something crazy. And I was like, well, a half marathon. He's like, no, get off, get off that. I mean, do you want to ride your bike a hundred miles? Do you want to, I mean, do you even have a bike? I'm like, dude, I can't fit on a bike. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm so <laughs> he's like, well, I mean, just, just do me a favor. Go and look up endurance sports on Google. Well, you know, that night I go to, you know, I'm 420 pounds probably. I, I had, I had weight loss surgery, you know, and that's how I kind of branched and people say, well, you took the shortcut. I'm like, well, you know what? If you think I took the shortcut, then last night I ran, you know, I ran five and a hundred feels like 103. If you think that's a shortcut, then you are, you are sorely, sorely deceived. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. The thing I'm doing is not shortcut. Uh, you know, so, so, I, well, you know, and, so and, 
and at 420 pounds, I mean, running, <laughs> running. Oh, you're, you're, running. you're walking. You're, you're walking. a lot of work. Yeah, so I, so here I am. I'm, um, you know, I've lost a little bit of weight. He says, get a goal. I'm looking on Google. And all of a sudden, I, I start endurance work. So all of a sudden, one of the little Iron Man stories pop up. You know, whenever they, you yeah. know, the, and it's Rudy, you know, that guy, guy, Rudy from the movie, Rudy. I know his name, Sean, Sean. Whoever. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. can't help you there. Yeah, yeah. The the guy that plays in the Rudy movie, right? And it's his right. story of him and Kona. And I'm like, God, I mean, look at this. I mean, people really do that. I mean, how can, how can you go all day long? And I mean, that's so I so I call my buddy about two days later. And he says, Hey, did you did you did you look up endurance sports? I'm like, Yeah. I said, Man, what? What's these? What's these crazy people that are doing this Ironman stuff? He's like, oh, dude. He said, you can't. No, no. I mean, you know, that's that's a deal called a triathlon. But you know, to, for you to try to do that this year, that's going to be way too hard. And uh, you know, but they have different distances. You know, yeah. And, uh, they've got sprint distance and Olympic. So he's telling me about all the distances, and I'm like, well, do you think I could do a sprint? He went, oh yeah, man. I think you can do a sprint this, you know, a year after being that big. And I was like, okay. He says, well, can you swim? And I was like, you got to swim. And he went, well, yeah, you got to swim. I, said, well, I, I don't know. I got a pool, but I normally just go out there and drink beer and float. And he went, well, yeah. you, need to, you need to go to a pool, a real pool and see if you can swim. So I remember going, he's like, tell me, go to the pool and see, see how bad you are. And so I went to the pool and I could barely, I could barely make it like a quarter away across the pool without wow. putting my feet down. And I'm like, dude, uh, is this really what people do? You must have been able to float pretty well, Marcus. Yeah. Oh, I could, yeah. I, my, my buoyancy line was about waist level. I mean, that's how, that's how good it was. I didn't even have to have floats. I just jump in, I pop up. And uh, it was pretty, it was pretty, it was, you know, now that I swim and I've lost weight, I, I sink. I mean, I kind of miss the days where you could just jump in a pool and not have to worry about you know kicking your feet, you know. So yeah. anyway, so 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 I call him back and go, dude, I, I think I can, I think I can get this. I mean, how many times? Uh, how far are we gonna swim? You know, he's like, well, it's like nine hundred meters. I'm like, uh, eight hundred meters. I'm like, ah, uh, that's a lot, but I'm gonna work on it. It's you know, yeah. it's it's, yeah. it's nine months away. So I. Um, I start swimming and start, you know, start, I get skinny enough to go to bike shop and get a bike and, you know, deal with, you know, I had to, I had to get rims made that were more expensive than the bike because I was trying to get on at 390 pounds. And so, you know, so I, I get me a good, you know, my, my wheels were more expensive than my bike and I'm riding, a, <laughs> you know, I ride this bike that's looks, looks like a normal bike, but it's, you know, like a $4,000 bike because of the wheels. And so then, you know, during that time, he said, I want you to walk 20 minutes a day for two weeks, every day, rain, sleet, or shine, do it. And and this is when I first started, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 minutes, I need nothing. I got my wife, got my kids. I grabbed everybody. We went to the park and I'm like, uh, you know, and 15 minutes and I'm like looking at my clock. How long have I been going? This is terrible. Wow. You know, and so 20 minutes. So I did that. He said, don't call me until you do it two weeks in a row. Yeah. Like you, you cannot miss a day. So, yeah. you know, you get up into that week and a half and it by George, you're not going to miss because you're like, you know, I, I'm you're almost committed. there. Where I, right. you know, I'm, I'm there. So I call him two weeks and says, dude, I did it. And he says, okay, are you, are you feeding her? I'm like, yeah, dude, my feet are killing me. He's like, okay, look, 
go to a real shoe store and get fit yeah. for a shoe. So I was like, is that a thing? And he was like, yeah, don't. I was like, well, I'll just go to the sporting. I said, no, you go to a run store. You go get fit for a shoe. Don't worry about color. Don't worry about look. Don't worry about name brand. Don't go and tell them anything. Just go get it. Go go find the shoe that's supposed to work for you. Yeah. So I go to Feet here in Houston. They fit me into a shoe. And then I go, then he, then I call him and he goes, okay. He says, he says, now go get your watch. And you know, you got to get your watch. So I went and bought me the cheapest run watch they had. Totally. I, and I think, I think at that point, I think I had an Apple watch. Yeah. I, I had an Apple and I saw, so I went and got a, like a run watch, you know, uh-huh. like, oh, yeah. like, a Garmin, like a Garmin 235 or whatever. Right. So, so I put it on. He says, now I want you to walk a mile for two weeks in a row every day. Cause I still went, I was 20 minutes a day. I still wasn't walking a mile. Uh-huh. And so, so it was like, it was like three quarters of a mile, you know? And so <laughs> I get a mile and I'm noticing that it's about 28 minutes, 27 minutes, you know, cause I'm, I'm now, I'm now logging how fast it is. And I'm seeing like, dude, wow. so then it became like, okay, I, I, you know, that, and then the second week of that two, one, one mile a day, it was like, Hey, I want to try to do this in 20 minutes. Right. Yeah, you know, I mean, Totally. I can get done a lot quicker with this goal and walk. <laughs> with it. You know, so I try to get done in 20 minutes. So I call him back after that two weeks and go, Hey dude, I, I did the two. Uh, now what? He's like, okay, well, I want you to go a mile and a half. And I was like, okay. So then after that two weeks, and then it became like, okay, look, I want you to walk. I want you to walk an hour a day for two weeks. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. now it's kind of like, you know, goodness, when does this end? I mean, you know, and then as you're walking, you know, as you're walking out there, you're like, you know, you're, you're seeing people run by and I'm like, and then those thoughts start coming to your head. You're like, and by this time, you know, now, now the, the group of people I was taking, all the family that's out there with dad, you know, they, they don't have time for this every day. You know, the wife, right. you know, my wife the, you got kids and base, you know, all the stuff that of they course. do. Mm-hmm. And so now it's just like, now, now it's like, sometimes I go, Hey, I'm going running and we're going walking. And then everybody's like, okay, see ya. You know? And you're like, now you're out there by yourself. Yeah. And then every once in a while, you know, son will come up after work and, you know, find where you're at, walk with you. So I can remember probably it was about two or three months into that whole journey of me training for the sprint triathlon that I, I came up to a light pole and I remembered being really in, in my big state of you know, working in the pipeline and being on the field that I would sit, I sat down with this, this, this lady and she was an older lady and she was a marathoner. And I remember talking to her. She was super tiny and she was, a, she's wearing, right. She's wearing dry. And she was probably 60 years old. And I remember sitting and, and her husband was giving me a lot of business in the, in the, in the industry. Mm-hmm. And I was there talking to her and we were in the job trailer and she, I was like, how did you, you know, I, I can remember as a kid, me running, around my dad's church. Yeah. It was really a big church. And I was like, I just, I just wish I could run again. It would be so cool to be able to, to run a marathon. And I, you know, I let that dream. And this was probably, you know, I'm rewinding back in my head, you know, 25, you know, 20 years, 15 years, you know, whatever that right, was. Right. Right. It was like, and I, and all this, and it was all slow motion as I was coming to this light pole. And she says, well, the way I started was I just started running from the light pole to the light pole. And I, and so as I'm coming up to this dark part of the park, cause I was so big, I didn't want to do this during the daytime because I don't want gotcha. anybody watching. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so I come, up to the, I come up to the pole and I, and I take off 
what I thought was a run, which probably was a 16 minute shuffle. Right. And I'm, I push myself to get to the next, to the light, to the light pole. And, and I remember I, I chose that part of the thing because the, that middle light was out and it was dark and no one could see me attempting to run because yeah. I was so scared. Right. Yeah. yeah. Woo. This brings back some emotions. And, and so, so as I, so as I get to that pole and I stop, I look up and my son is with me. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's 16. And I realized it was the first time that I'd ever ran with my son. Wow. And I, and then at that point in the game, everything changed. It, it became a thing of like, I am not going to miss another opportunity in my life. I have missed 16 years to train my son what it's like to be healthy. I've missed, you know, every other kid, everything just floods. And I'm like, I'm not stopping. There's nothing that I'm going to do that's going to stop me from doing this goal. I don't know where it's going to lead me. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to get hurt. I don't know if I'm going to die of a heart attack, but I am going to pursue health in a higher degree than anyone because I want to prove to the person that's not able to see me in this darkness right now that you can run in the dark and you can be ashamed, but there's going to be a day that you flat out blatantly show the world that anything you want to do in your life is possible. And you may not be 500 pounds. You may not have a weight issue, but you may not have talked to your mom and dad in 20 years because something they said to you, or you may not have, you may may not have talked to your son and daughter because you're mad at them, or you may have a drug problem. You may have a drinking problem. Everything, all those problems lead to this. The only way you get out of that problem is you start doing something new every day in the area that you need to change. And when you look back three years from now, You'll find yourself a three times marathoner. You'll find yourself a three times Ironman finisher. You'll find yourself training for a New York City marathon where you're going to run rogue because you're not supposed to probably run with this big cutout of my fat ass in that that race. <laughs> but, but here's the deal: you're gonna you're gonna find yourself trying to prove to someone watching on the sidelines that you know what you can do anything you set your mind to, I and like you that. are a limitation to your potential. And so you're the one that determines where you go. There's nothing out there that's holding you back but your thought process. So once you change your thought, I had to stop thinking like I was 420 pounds and 489 pounds. And I had to start thinking like I was one of the Kenyan runners. To this day, when I'm struggling with the run, I do not imagine seeing the person that's struggling alongside of me. Uh I imagine being the front of the pack. And when I start thinking that I'm front of the pack, I look at my pace and I'm running a 1045 instead of a 13. But as soon as I start focusing, I'm like, I can't breathe. (laughs) Oh God, why is this hurt so bad? And you start struggling. You start dealing, you know, running does that to you. So as soon as you start focusing on like, I can't breathe or why did I swallow that mosquito? I'm going to choke. As soon as you start struggling and focusing on the day and the struggle that you're in, you start running slower. I mean, I found it last night. I was running and I was talking to you about it earlier. I was running 93, feels like 103 last night. And, you know, I was, I was once when I was in that struggle, I was finding myself struggling running. But as soon as I flipped my, my screen up to yeah. just the time, I yeah. took it away from my heart rate. I took it away from my pace. I took it away from my lap pace. I mean, you know, runners, we, we, you know, especially now, you know, I couldn't have talked to you about this 
the day I ran from a telephone pole to telephone pole because I didn't understand. But, you know, we we strive so much to live in the numbers, but sometimes you got to get out of the numbers. And that's the same thing about life. Sometimes you're looking at the numbers. You're looking at the statistics of the success that you're in or uh, you're, you're calculating what the spouse is going to do because, you know, they come home from a bad day, they slam the door and you're like, well, you know, there goes the even. I mean, I was in pretty good mood until that happened. So you start struggling in the now, but you don't try to fix it. So I want to prove to the world, I want to prove, people say, why you're so self-conceited. How can someone take their fat cut out and finish these races the way you do? And how come you're so you know vocal about it? I'm vocal because there's somebody that's got to hear where I'm at because it's going to help them get out of it. And then that person's going to help that person. And it's a chain reaction. It's a chain reaction. Yeah. Hey, Marcus, now tell me, when did you first experience that runner's high? When did, when did that actually happen? That's good stuff. Yeah. You know, it's a good feeling. You know, people talk about it. It's like, I can't stand running, you know, and you're like, have you ever felt that feeling? You know, right now I'm feeling it. I start feeling it at about two and a half miles. Yep. I'll feel it at two and a half. And then it starts going away at about seven right now. <laughs> and you're like, oh, God. And then, and then I notice it about, you know, I'll start getting it at about nine again, you know. Yeah, you uh, kind of get remember, into that rhythm, you know. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Was, you know, so, so I've, been, I've been experimenting with the feeling of the runner's high for the last few months of trying just to mentally get there whenever I know typically I don't have it, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, if it's a mental state, you know, or if it's a, and I know it's truly part of the, everything that's going on in your body, but I read this book and it talks about a lot of mental things. And so I've been really trying to reach the mental high throughout the run as I've been running all of my runs here lately. And I am training for Ironman Arizona. And so actually my, my, my training for Ironman Arizona incorporates uh, rock and roll Denver that comes up October 20th and then actually do Waco half Ironman. And these are all consecutive back to backs. Yeah. And then I do New York city marathon. Then two weeks later I do rock and roll Vegas half marathon. And then a week later I do half iron. I mean, full Ironman Arizona. Marcus, how much do you weigh? How much do you weigh now? Currently, right now, I'm about 260. Wow. I've lost uh, roughly uh, 20 pounds in the last three, four weeks. Wow. I went totally uh, clean, kind of Uh plant-based, 95% Uh plant-based eating. So just kind of to rewind the story and, and hopefully your people, you know, everybody can follow along. So, cause I kind of got it, kind of got on my, my vein of like why I do what I do before I kind of told you what I've done. You know, I find myself training for the sprint and I, so I've ran from the telephone to telephone pole. And so then that sparks a, you know, I can run moment, you know, I, right. I can run. So all of a sudden I start Googling running big and how do you run and how do you bridge to the run? And so I look up and I read Jeff Galloway's book. I actually message him. And he sends back a message like, holy smokes, this is amazing. You can do it. Yeah. You know, so then um, we make a family goal of doing the doing the Disney half marathon as a family. Oh, how fun. Bridging up to 
me running my first marathon, because at this point in the game, so I'd start training for the sprint, right, that, that I was going right. to do. Right. And um, we picked the sprint in Miami called Escape to Miami. And uh, so I start doing, I start just like fully on training. And so I'm going to these post-op checkups with my doctor. Mm-hmm. And my doctor, the first one I go to, is, man, you're doing great. Wow, your blood work's great. Man, you're doing wonderful. Keep up the good work. Second time I went, like, man, you're doing really good. Wow, you're you're breaking the mold here. What Keep, keep going. Then the third time I go, it's more like, hey, we may have a problem because you're losing weight too fast and I may have to put you in some testing. He says, and he sits down this time and he, and he actually sits up on the table and I'm sitting on this chair and he goes, what are you doing? I need to know. I was like, I'm just training, you know, I'm just working out. He goes, no, I need from sunup to sundown of what you're doing because your numbers are not normal. Like, like mm. your weight loss numbers are crazy. Mm. And I kind of look at him because I hadn't even told him yet. Cause I didn't want, you know, I had really told anybody and I went, well, you know, there's this thing called triathlons and I'm training to do one and I'm going to do this one in Miami. And he went, you're training to do a tra- What, what, what distance? And I went, well, you know, I, I was going to do a sprint, but you know, I've already done like one. I'm, you know, I did the super sprint last weekend and he was like, well, I'm an Ironman. And I went, you're an Ironman. He went, yeah. He said, well, we need to do a race together. He's that's amazing. So two weeks after that, I find myself doing a race with my doctor. Yeah. And it was the first sprint triathlon. And we made news. We made news in Houston and it kind of blew up. And then he's like, well, what what, what are you training for this year? I was like, well, I was going to do a sprint, but now I'm going to do this Olympic distance, which is, you know, Olympic distance for the viewer listening is, you know, 0.9 miles of a swim. 28 mile bike and a six mile run. So now a year from being 500 pounds, I have signed up to do an Olympic distance in Miami. And you think Miami being flat. Well, when we get there, there's, there's cruise ships in Miami, which if there's cruise ships means there's giant bridges. And this, (laughs) this, this triathlon is built over four, you run over one of them bridges and then you, you, you go over that bridge twice, four times on a bike. And so I'm like, oh my God. And I'm probably 320 pounds this time. <laughs> and I'm doing this race. I did it with my doctor. He came back. We videoed it. You can see the video. It's my, it's my, it's my escape to Miami video that I did. So and when I crossed that finish line of that race, I, I wasn't thinking of how happy I was. I was thinking, what am I going to do next? And I called my coach. I was like, coach, load up what it looks like for me to train for a half Ironman. And so he loads it up. I look at it and I go, you know what? I was going to wait. I was going to wait to do a full Ironman until I got my my belly cut off because it was so big. It was hanging down to the middle of my thighs. Mm. I mean, my knee, you know, like in between, you know, it was huge. Right. This big old skin just hanging down and it was just terrible to bike in. And so he goes, it ain't that much difference, bro. He said, you can do it. He said, if you just did that, you could do that. I'm like, okay. So I called Ironman, right? And I go, hey, dude, I'm I'm doing y'all's race. And if I, you know, they're like, who are you? You know, we don't know who you are. I'm like, so what they didn't know was, is that I'd went to Ironman Texas in 2016 for the first time to see what a triathlon was even was before I did it, right? So so here I am, I'm 420 pounds in the bike transition as a volunteer looking at all these people doing a race and now I'm calling them saying, Hey, 
Do y'all remember me? Because I asked, I told you that if I did what I was going to do, that you were going to help me tell my story. And you guys kind of looked at me like, uh, okay, right, buddy. You know, do you, and now, now look at me. I did escape to Miami. Now I'm coming to do your Iron, I'm going to do, I'm doing 70.3. And then three, two weeks later, I'm going to do Ironman Texas. I'm coming. And so here I am training for Ironman Texas. And I have the bucket list of childhood dream of running the Chevron Houston Marathon, right? And it's probably my, it's probably the, the biggest race to me in my life is, you know, obviously I'm going to say all the Ironman stuff because that's such a big day. But for me, it was running into Houston on, on that race was just because it was a childhood dream. It was something like, wow. I was like, being 500 pounds did not stop me from, from getting a dream knocked off the list of that. You know, so if you have a dream of whatever it was as a kid, don't think it's over. Look at me and go, hey, you know what? It, it can still happen. So, so here I am. I'm, I'm, we're, we're got this, we got this goal of doing uh, this full marathon at Chevron. I've set up my whole family to go to Disney the week before. So this is the week before. I'm going to do my long run with all my family. We're going to do it together. We're going to do this half marathon while a cold front blows through and they cancel the half marathon for Disney. Oh, so, so it's 2017. I'm going, oh my God, this is terrible. So my kids are like tickle pink because Disney offers all this, you know, they offer all these gift cards and all these. <laughs> yeah. My kids are like, Dad, you're on your own. Well, one of the options was, and I, you know, here I am, new, new runner, only been running for, you know, seven months. <laughs> and, and so, so one of the options was, you can imagine it, Disney says, hey, we'll upgrade you to the full marathon. So I'm sitting here going, well, I'm, I'm running a marathon a week from now. You know what I mean? I can run a marathon. I mean, I'm looking at my wife. She's like, babe, do not run. I mean, what are you really going to run a marathon? I was like, yeah. She said, well, you didn't even. So I get, so I, I'm going, I'm going to, I call my coach. He goes, well, it's not optimal to run a marathon a week before your real marathon, but he said, you're, you're about crazy. So yeah, yeah. go do it. And, you know, he said, I, I just recommend you, you know, run 18 miles and then walk out the rest, you know, get, yeah. get get past the sweep and then you'll be fine. I'm like, okay. So, you know, so I get up that morning. It is super duper. I mean, it's like 18 degrees. This cold front blew through Florida is freezing cold. So of course, all the people that got pushed to, the, to that marathon, we are in the last corral, right? right. We're in like, we're in double, you know, triple, you know, Z or something. <laughs> And I'm sitting in the back. There's all these people. I'm brand new to running. No one's with me. I'm dressed. You know, I've, I've done my research and I got all the pull off stuff that you throw away. And so, but I'm just sitting there shivering because no, like and everybody there has got someone running with them. So everybody's all hugged up. And I'm like, dude, there's no one to hug. And I'm sitting here. This, this is, if you're a listener, listen to me, don't judge me because I didn't know I was a new runner. Okay. But I'm sitting here and I'm going, and, and so they had like a million and one porta cans at this Disney race, right? So as as the race, as the crowd, every crowd that would go off, Mickey Mouse would go, boys and girls, you can run. And it's like a mile away and the fireworks would go off. And I'm in like, and I'm listening to how far apart these crowds are going off. And I'm the last crowd. And I'm sitting here shivering in 18 degrees weather. And I'm like, ah. Oh. 
So I started noticing that there's no lines at the porta cans. And I went, oh, this is so wrong. I should not go wait in a porta can. What if someone's got to go? So all of a sudden I go, and I'm shivering. I'm done. I'm like, I'm, I'm fixing to die, right? Yeah. So I go jump in a porta can just, and I'm like, I'll just stand here two minutes and just, just get out of the wind because it was so windy. Yeah. So all of a sudden I'm sitting there, I'm like, and I look out and there's no one in line. I look out, I keep looking out. I'm like, dude, there's no one in line. I'm, I'm good. So I'm just kind of sitting there. I'm sitting there for 20 minutes, right? I'm just sitting there going, <laughs> oh, and I'm hearing Mickey Mouse and I'm listening because you can hear Mickey Mouse telling what corral you're in, right? right. All of a sudden, all of a sudden he gets about three away from me, right? And I'm um, like, oh, I better go out there and get in line, you know? And I'm noticing that, that I'm starting to hear some beeping sounds and all the, you know, like, like it wasn't normal, you know? And I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, now, now it's kind of weird that I would peek my head out, you know? So I'm just waiting now. The next Mickey pops off the next crowd. Now they're one away from our deal, right? And I peek my head out, and there's nothing but forklifts and workers tearing down <laughs> crowd, picking up porta cans. And I look to my left, and now I realize I'm about to run 27.2 because the crowd has moved a mile down. Oh my god! <laughs> and I am I take off running, and as I'm running and getting to where the balloon ladies are. Right. Uh-huh. I see the balloon, balloon ladies are the last people in the crowd. <laughs> Mickey Mouse goes, oh, boys and girls, you can go. Boom. And the thing goes, and it's our crowd. So Whoa. I ran 27 on my first marathon <laughs> and I get through with that marathon. And I'm like, y'all would I believe I waited in the crowd. I told the story. And then so then, well, now I'm experiencing what you really experience after marathon. And I'm sore. So three days, Wednesday into the next week, I'm like, yeah, I can finally like go up a curb without wincing and pain. Yeah. And I have a marathon this coming Sunday. Yeah. So I go through and it, the pain goes away. Pain goes away. Everybody's like, dude, you ran a marathon last week. Like, yeah, that's not smart. I'm like, no, you're not supposed to do that. I was like, well, so then, then Chevron goes off and this is, so now uh, not uh, eight months from being 500 pounds, I've run back-to-back marathon. I'm in my I'm in my Houston Chevron marathon, and about mile 17, all of that soreness hits me in that race. Ooh, and, and I, you so hit the I wall. Went, I did not. Oh yeah, and I did not get. I got like a six-hour, 12-minute finish. I missed it by 12 minutes, but I was trying so hard to get my get my for my first official marathon that has a six hour finish to get the real finish. But I still was able to finish and I came back the next year and I ran it in five, uh, 22 or something like that. Gosh, that's um, a, Marcus, that is, you know, very impressive for someone who was as big as you were and also someone such a novice. <laughs> no, I didn't know. Yeah. So I was Look, do not run back-to-back marathons being uh, 290 pounds. Don't do it. It's not a good idea. It is very, very self-gratifying. A year or two two years later, you can brag that you did it, but it's not a good idea. You know, then I do the half Ironman with Galveston. That's whenever some people would, would recognize the Ironman video. What was unique about my story is people say, Marcus, what's the difference between you and the other guy that's lost 400 Three, I mean, three, you know, 280, 300 pounds and whatever. Well, you know, what's your, what's your difference? And, you know, I think, you know, the difference is, is that I felt from the moment I ran from that telephone to telephone pole that it was going to be different. 
And so I knew that most people that tell the story of losing weight only have the the one or two pictures they have, and they don't have the journey documented. Mm-hmm. And so, so you know, I you know I get my nephew a camera, a really nice camera, you know, and and just say, hey, follow me around for the next three years, pretty much, you know. And so I get the first time I rode my bike, you know, I got that footage. I get the I get me being in the gym doing, you know, workouts, and, you know, and I felt like at that point, I would look at those videos, and go, man, I've lost, you know, 80 pounds. And now look at those videos and people see those videos and go, man, you were so big. And they got to realize I'd already lost 80 pounds. You know, the cutout that I carry across the finish lines, that picture was taken 80 pounds after I had lost 80 pounds. Right? Oh so my gosh. Well, wow. I was 80 pounds heavier. Yeah. And if you look at the picture that I'm carrying on my head, people are like, oh my God, you're so big. I'm like, dude, I was 80 pounds heavier. If you look at some of the original pictures yeah. that, that aren't full body, because I never would allow that to happen. I mean, I was huge. And, uh, you know, that's the difference. And then the difference is, is I'm not scared just to keep telling the story because, you know, you know, the thing about it is, is that all those finish line photos that get tagged and the videos that I have that people are following me and they share, well, they're being usually shared by someone that's fit. And so usually a fit person is going to, you know, birds of the feather flock together. You know what I'm saying? Right. So a right. fit person can have a bunch of runners, you know, whenever you're going and you're waking up and running, you're going to meet a bunch of people that have dedicated themselves to get up at four in the morning to go beat the heat or they've dedicated themselves so they're going to all run together and do this loop. And you're going to have this, you're training for this, you know, marathon that people can't even sometimes fathom doing a half marathon. And people can't fathom doing a full marathon, right? So, so the people you're hanging and we're out with, they're usually the people they're they can understand it, you know. So, yeah. So I tell them my story because I want the next person to hear it that isn't in your vein or that you're, you know, that you can say, hey, you know, I know you say you can't do it, but what about this guy right here? And then they look at me and they go, God, that guy's done some crazy stuff, you know. So. So I did, so I did, I did Texas and I come across the finish line and, you know, I, I beat all the cutoffs and I come off and then, then I do, you know, uh, Chevron again, Chevron Houston, I come across and beat my time by, you know, almost 30, 40 minutes. You know what I'm saying? 45 minutes. I think I PR 45 minutes on that race. Uh, my fastest, you know, then I try, you know, before that I try to do a two hour half marathon. And I do, I come in at two thirteen. Wow. You know, so, so, you know, you got to start thinking, man, this guy's really starting to try to do things. Yeah. And then I do Ironman Texas. And then, so what I do was, is that I make a deal with Ironman. I go, Hey, I want you guys to tell my story and I want to do the biggest race you have, which is Kona, which I know you got to qualify or you got to grant, you know, you got to, right. you can buy, you can, you can do an auction spot for Ironman foundation. And I don't want to do any of that. And I don't want to pay for it. I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to give you my money. I want to raise money for your foundation. And I want you to, I want this, I want you guys to tell my story with me. And, um, man, they agreed. And, uh, I ended up doing this dramatic fundraiser where I raised a hundred thousand dollars within a year and a half. Uh, I didn't, I did not give them any personal money to make it happen. And my deal with them is I had to finish two full Ironmans within the allotted time before I would allow myself to do it. It was, it was a self-imposed rule. Yeah. And, and the self-imposed rule of me not giving them personal money was on me. I said, I'm not doing it. If I don't do it, then, 
I won't race and I'll still give you the obligation. I'll still give you the hundred thousand dollars if I don't meet that goal, but I'm not going to race that race because it wouldn't be fair to everybody that's been out there. That's been trying to get legacy in. And I want to, I want to do this where I get respect from people that show them, Hey, you can't. And, and I didn't know, and that's another novice mistake. I did not know how stressful it is to fundraise for a race. I mean, it is stressful. Yeah. And, and it's really stressful knowing that you're not physically capable of finishing that hard of a race without a ton of work. I mean, so, so I went from Ironman, Texas of finishing Ironman, Texas the second time in 1642 or 43, which was about eight minutes slower than the last, the first year. And, and I cramped on the bike and I, you know, I was dealing with some cramps and, and I was very poised to having a good race, but end up cramping. So then I go to Kona. And, and so, because I didn't want to be the crying story, I actually moved to Kona for a month and a half, live on the Island, train with the people, met so many local cool people that I still have great relationships with that, you know, I didn't want to be the crying story, you know, of, of a video that said, Hey, here's a guy that did all this work, raised all this money. And then he, he wasn't capable. He was still too big. He was still too unathletic to do it. So I'm training and, you know, to take yourself from three years from being 500 pounds to doing a race that has, you know, 4,900 feet of elevation on the bike and having, you know, two twenty three hundred or whatever it is on the run, you know, it, it's, it's my, it's hard work, you know, and, uh, people ask me, what's your biggest accomplishment to date? And mine would say bringing my bike capabilities and my run capabilities up to being able to do those kind of elevations. So when did you, when did you do Ironman? What year was it? That was last year. Last so 2019, year. I did Ironman Kona in, in the world championship. Yeah. Yep. Well, and, uh, and I came, I came across at 1651. I had nine minutes to spare and, uh, it was a long day and it was a rewarding day. It was, there was so many great stories. And if, if, if anybody ever catches me at anything, just say, tell me about Kona and I will talk <laughs> until my well, is sore, you know? Yeah. I know you have a lot of videos on your website and a lot of information on how people can, you know, can kind of follow your story. I would like to, we're actually getting close to being out of time, but I want yeah, to, <laughs> it happens, doesn't it? But I want you to talk a little bit about New York. What is the what is the purpose or what is your focus in New York coming up uh, in about a month? Yeah. So Bob Babbitt uh, interviewed me at, uh, at Kona. So I got interviewed on day one at breakfast with Bob. They could see that interview with on Bob's Bob Babbitt last year, 2019 Kona day one is me. I'm, I'm I think I'm the last person of the day. And so I met Bob and, you know, Bob's such an awesome guy. He's done so much in the endurance world. He runs a, he helped found, founded a uh, organization called CAF challenge athletes foundation. And it's for anyone that that's got a, you know, challenge with them an amputee or a uh, lost limb, you know, that they help that person be able you know, to get um, back in support. So I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. just put, put in a little point here because we did interview Bob. Uh, I oh, don't yeah. know exactly when it was, but let's say six months or so. So listeners can, uh, can look on the, on the list and find out where that is. Look him up and, and support whatever he's doing. He's amazing. He is. And, and, and here's the deal. If you, you know, you're supporting something that you may need one day or a family member may need because they truly help so many people. 
Yeah. Um, anyway, so Bob, I told Bob I wanted to run New York. He's like, hey, well, fundraise for me for, you know, get you a spot. And I was like, yes, save me one. So I did a fundraiser and I, you know, I, I've, I've done well with it. I've, I've fulfilled it, uh, went over and uh, going to do New York. And, you know, New York has, it, it's a, you know, New York's a fundraise. You know, they do have some, you know, guidelines that things you can and can't do. And I think me carrying Fat Marcus is probably against the rules. But I think running with a banana suit is probably against the rules, too. So I'm going to take my chances. <laughs> I'm going to take my chances with that whole thing. And uh, probably three or four after the thin out happens, you know, mm-hmm. in the crowd, whether it's probably going to be miles six or seven, I think I'll start seeing the thin out. Uh, I'm going to have uh, my team have Fat Marcus. And I've built a sling that goes around my neck. Uh, we've we've kind of hopefully anti-chafed him uh, to the degree that that uh, that he's not going to bother me too bad. But you know, the deal of it is, is that like I said before, that finish line picture that you see of me in only gets shared by people usually that are fit that want to inspire someone, or you know, it's usually in groups that are already athletic gotcha, groups, right? Gotcha. There, there's three million spectators at New York City Marathon that line the streets, uh-huh. and so someone will see that and go, I'm signing, that did it. I'm signing up for a race. Yeah. That did it. I'm doing this. This kind of fits in with what you're talking about because you have a message for people and it's not, it's not necessarily those fit runners, although they can learn from you as well. But what is that message that you're wanting to share that your life up to this point has uh, accomplished and how is this going to uh, be advanced at New York? Yeah, you, you, I want to prove. I want to show someone. No matter what you think you're in, you're not in the situation you're in. You can get out of it. And you may not be 500 pounds, but you may have 500 pounds of problems. And the way you get out of it is you start changing daily. And when you change daily, you morph into something that you never thought you could be. I like that. And also, I think you've been talking about this throughout our interview today, the support, the people who are there to encourage you, help you and and allow you to uh, advance on your journey. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, you, I, I want to encourage anyone out there that that has a friend that's big and you don't talk about them being big and yeah, or you have a friend that has a problem and you don't talk about it because they're your friend and you don't want to hurt their feelings. I craved for someone to tell me what my boss told me. I wanted someone to tell me that, hey, you can change. You can get out of the situation in, and I want you to work with me. I want you, I'm going to give, let me help you. And just do that. Don't be scared to get into someone's life and say, I want to help. Because, I mean, don't you, I mean, how many times have you helped someone and it, whenever you did, it made you feel good. And that let let someone know that you can help them. And give them give them hope that they can change. I I like that message a lot, Marcus. We are going to change gears here. We are going to be moving into the final kick. You and I talked about this before the interview. Um, any final message? I think I think you kind of summed it up there with the being able to change both within yourself, knowing that change can be possible, but also from others being open enough to maybe suggest that change would be a good thing. Yeah, that's that's it. You know, they just got to know that you can do it. You can do anything you want to do. The mindset has to be of what you want to see yourself in the future. I had to put myself into the witness protection program for fat people. 
because I wasn't bad anymore. I was a new person and I was an athlete and I had to think, and I still have to think I'm an athlete. I may not look like it. I may still weigh 260 pounds. I might have gained 30 pounds back since Kona, but you know what? It's not stopping me. You know, I'm going to go get on my bike for an hour and a half today. I'm going to, I ran an hour yesterday. I mean, you got to think different and that's my message. We talk with many of our guests about how they deal with stress, challenges, anxiety, and more when it comes to not only training, but their lives, family, and work. That's why we're excited to announce today's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp provides licensed online professional counseling to help you deal with anxiety, depression, sleep issues, relationships, and more. Connecting with an online therapist has many advantages. First, It's a safe, confidential, and private environment, so it's easier to get started with subjects you may be embarrassed to talk about. Second, it's much easier to schedule because you don't have to spend the time driving to and from an office and waiting. Plus, you can have sessions in the evening when it may be more convenient. Sessions can be scheduled in four ways, phone, video, and even chat and text. Best of all, It's a truly affordable option, and financial aid may be an option. To make it a no-brainer, to give it a try, you can get 10% off your first month with the discount code RTTT. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash RTTT. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash RTTT. Do you need a crash course to help you train smarter, nail your nutrition, and improve your strength? Or maybe you want to connect with runners who get you. Check out the amazing running retreats offered by Runners Connect. Our four- and five-day retreats offer you an intimate, informative, relaxing, and amazing running experience that's also affordable. You'll get expert one-on-one coaching from our team of coaches, run in amazing places, Get strength training, stretching, and yoga sessions, and meet other passionate runners just like you. We have a February retreat in Orlando, Florida, for those of you who need to get out of the cold and snow and get in a great block of training for your spring races. We also have two summer retreats that give you a respite from the heat and allow you to train on some of the most scenic trails in the world. The first retreat is in Flagstaff, Arizona, and the second is in Blowing Rock, North Carolina. Now, keep in mind, these retreats are not for elite runners. They are for runners like you who love running and just want to improve. Most of our attendees are between 40 and 70 years young and range in ability from Boston qualifiers to those looking to break three hours for the half marathon or those who are just getting started. To see dates, accommodations, prices, photos, and all the details, head to runnersconnect.net slash retreats. We hope you're able to join us for one of these amazing retreats. Again, that's runnersconnect.net slash retreats. 
We are back with Run to the Top podcast with Marcus Cook, who will be running in the New York City Marathon after losing around 250 pounds, more or less. I'm not, not exactly yeah. sure, but a lot of weight that, that he's lost. Yeah. How much have you lost at, uh, at, the, uh, at the total, Marcus? Uh, it, you know, it's varying a little bit, mm-hmm. but I was uh, 489, and then later records showed that I was 511. Uh, whatever, you know, the medical records, but, um, uh, so I just say 489 and, uh, you know, I'm 260 or so right now. Uh, you know, at Kona, I was, I feel like I'm, I'm at my prime at 230, mm-hmm. 220, uh, just because I still have so much extra skin on me. All right. That's, that's a, that's a lot of person to lose. So <laughs> yeah, probably like two of you. Maybe. Two of you. Yeah, that's true. It is a couple of me. Um, okay. Yeah. So we are moving into the final kick. You know about this, uh, describe a favorite local training run there in the Houston area. Yeah. I love Memorial park. You know, Memorial park is a great place to just to go. Uh, and it's a three mile loop. It's a, it's a 5k. Um, and you know, I've done so many marathon trainings there. You can go there. There's so many pretty people there. There's so many, there's so many people trying to be pretty there (laughs) and no one judges anybody. Uh, you'll be clipping along and there'll be a, uh, uh, a beautiful man run by, you'll be clipping on there'll be beautiful woman running by and you'll be like, and then all of a sudden you'll see someone struggling like you are. And you're like, we're all out here doing the same thing and it's an even playing field. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's in the middle of, uh, Houston. It's our running park and it's probably one of my favorite, uh, places to just uh, whenever you want to go be inspired to, I mean, you'll see people running a, you know, four and you'll four minute mile, four and a half minute mile. Yeah. You'll see, you'll see people <laughs> walking at 18 and, and it's just a place to get, uh, every bit of motivation that you possibly could get nice. you know, on, a, on, a, on, a, on an afternoon. And it's all beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's, okay. So how about a recommended book, research, or video on running that has helped you in your journey? I want everyone to, to go to Amazon and plug in a book called Elite Minds by Beecham, B-E-E-C-H-A-M. Elite Minds by Beecham. And this book will transform your thinking into start thinking that you are an elite athlete. And it's a matter of what you train for. Your subconscious mind is what your building blocks are on. But sometimes your subconscious mind is based on things that aren't true. Like, you know, your mom saying you were bad at math or your mom saying you weren't a runner, or your dad, however you were raised. And sometimes you have to retrain your subconscious mind so your conscious decisions will react and push you above that 75% potential that we all have. And that's the difference between Muhammad Ali saying, I told myself I was the greatest until I was. That's the difference between Mike, Michael Jordan being a normal college basketball player and then the basketball player that we all know that never misses a shot. It's the difference between a hundred a, a pro golfer at a hundred yards aiming for the hole, but yet us amateurs we're aiming for the green. <laughs> it's a different mentality, right? We have to start yeah. thinking yeah. that we are bigger and better than we are. Yeah, and there, there, um, this book I haven't read. There's so much out there now on this whole aspect of mind. Uh, mind strength, mind over matter, all of the kinds of things. So this is one I'll put on my list for sure. 
This is a good one. It'll change your life. In fact, it changed my life so much. I have bought 40 copies in the last two months and I carry them in my truck. And whenever I meet the person that's supposed to have it, I go to my truck and I get it for them. Uh, and I go, sweet. Hey, I've given away so many of these books because, and I, I've, I don't even, I don't make anything from it. I just, I just like helping people. Yeah. Well, that's very cool. Now, another person that you would recommend to speak, who would be great for our runners to learn from? Yeah. So there's a guy named Jason Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, Cohen. He, he's in a, he's in a documentary that he did of himself called Heavier Than Lead. Jason was uh, 350 pounds. He lost a lot of weight. and he might have been a little smaller than that, but last year he ran the Leadville 100 foot race after being that big. He's plant-based, full of energy, full of, he's incredible, incredible guy, very good friend of mine. Jason Cohen, Heavier Than Lead is the little 18-minute documentary that he did about his journey. Wow. And he, yeah, and it's, uh, it is amazing, amazing, amazing. Terrific. Heavier than lead. I love that title. Um, Okay. So now we are at the contact information part. So please, Marcus, give us as much information as you would like on how our audience can stay in touch with you and uh, learn more about your story. So it's pretty easy. It's uh, bigtolittle.com and the B-I-G-T-O-L-I-T-T-L-E.com. And then at big to little on all your social platforms, and then it's team to big, big to little on uh, Twitter. Uh, also uh, coming up shortly, probably in the next uh, week and a half, two weeks, uh, fatmarcus.com will go live. Uh, and that's basically where people are going to be able to find me from the New York City Marathon. Nice. So we're going to be advertising fatmarcus.com. Uh, and then that's just going to push them how, hey, uh, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be this way. You, you can be you can be someone else. Uh, actually writing a book called a uh, hundred ways to be 500 pounds. <laughs> so people can go up there doing one of those ways uh, not to do it anymore because that's one of the ways. I oh, do <laughs> when is that book going to come out? When is that book coming out? Do you know? Oh, who knows? Yeah. Uh, no, I, it's a work All in progress. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I, you, you can't buy a t-shirt of mine. You can't buy, I don't have anything for sale at the point right now. So I'm my, my full agenda is just to help the person listening or someone that they may know that, that they can change, that they're not, they're not bound to who they think they are currently, in whatever situation they're in, you can be a different person. Yeah. Listen to me when I'm closing. You can be a different person. It just takes you. Thank you. Thank you for that message, Marcus. And thank you for sharing with us today what a story you have. Wishing you a great race in New York. Yeah, thank you so much. (laughs) All right. So you've been listening to Marcus Cook, who turned his life around with running. Thank you, our audience, for joining us for today's podcast at Run to the Top. Follow us at the Runners Connect Winner's Circle on Facebook by going to runnersconnect.net slash FB. Subscribe to Run to the Top podcast at runnersconnect.net 
or on Apple Play, Google Play, Spotify, etc., where you'll be notified every Wednesday when the new episode is published. And thank you, each of you, for listening. We'll be back next week with another super interview to entertain, educate, and inspire you as you head out on your running workout. This is Stephanie K. Atwood, your host with Run to the Top, wishing you a great week of running. Thanks for listening to the Run to the Top podcast from runnersconnect.net. 